Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing one-hit wonders. And due to the lockdown, unusually, we're recording this remotely. Nick, lead us off. Uh, one-hit wonders. Yeah, well, I've recently been watching the odd video by a chap called Todd in the Shadows uh, on YouTube, uh, who's mm. got this really interesting series called One Hit Wonderland, where he looks in detail at one hit wonders. He doesn't use a particularly precise definition of one hit wonder, but we all know it when we see it. Um, whether Is it or pure not, mute? Is it pure music or is it other stuff? Yeah, it's right? just entirely music. So okay. just looking, so one hit wonders, uh, you know, hit people who had a one big hit and are not really known for anything else. Um, and it's interesting, you know, he goes into uh, what <clears throat> happened to the band before they had the big hit, if if anything, and, you know, what they did afterwards and gives a sort of verdict um, about, you know, did they deserve did they deserve to have a follow-up but didn't and you know you've got bands like um chumbawamba who had a massive hit with tub thumping and um mm. but actually had a really long and interesting history either side of that and mm -hmm. um, you know yeah they kind of you know conclude conclusion yes they totally deserve to have one big hit why not and then you have people but then you have people like right said fred you know who had um in fact in the uk they had they had uh, a couple of hits but uh, yeah. in the us you know they, they just had i'm too sexy and um uh, you know, where he concluded, well, they really weren't very particularly good musicians. Fair play to them, nice guys, but not, uh, you know, probably didn't really deserve, um, or at least, you know, deserved at the most to have one big hit. You see, I've always wondered about, right, said Fred, I assumed they were named after the, um, the Bernard, Bernard, the Bernard song. Caribbean, yeah. the Caribbean song. And, and I'd assumed it was to do with their sort of, um, their, their sort of out of hours activity, because there's that line in it, which is uh, one each end and gently as we go. So I'd, I'd always, I'd always thought that 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 was the origin of their name, but maybe not. I think you've gone too far. I, I can't remember what the story is as to why they're why they're named that. But anyway, I I it did get me thinking. Well, you know, being a one hit wonder is not something I don't think anyone aspires to as such, and yet. Uh, being a one hit wonder is way more than most of us can hope in a lifetime on average. Right. And I mean, this this really uh, looking across the whole field of endeavors, you know, you've got um, you've got uh, people who are really very well known for doing a particular thing and not and, you know, not really anything else. Um, uh, versus people who perhaps slog away for a lifetime and, um, you know, and, and moderately achieve and perhaps in total achieve more than the person with the one hit wonder. But, um, you know, and I think I think in a way we we sort of inevitably have more respect for that person than the people, mm. people who hit it big with one thing. But it, but it, is it is it good or bad? Is should we should we aspire to be one hit wonders at least once in our life? I mean, you know, um, and then, you know, where can you have one hit wonders? You know, who can what kinds of professions can deliver one hit? wonders and which ones can't um and uh, yeah quite an interesting bunch of questions i think i like it i mean straight off the bat i think perception is an interesting thing here because we might perceive people as um in whatever the field might be but let's just take music for a moment we might we might perceive them as one hit wonders but as you've pointed out there in the research that that chap did is someone like uh chumba wonder they wouldn't necessarily perceive themselves as one hit wonders no and i don't or, think anyone who knows about them would think of them that way yeah but, but the fact is that they, they are known yeah right 
almost everyone will not be able to name a single song by them other than Tub Thump. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's that question of, um, of identity as well, is that's why how we identify them, but they wouldn't necessarily identify themselves like that. Um, so interesting set of questions there. Um, sorry, Nick, can you tell me sort of, just go over those questions again? Um, yeah, so, you know, what what's, how should, is, is it good or bad to be a one-hit wonder? Okay. One. Uh, let's, but also, but also are there are there only certain fields where you can be a one hit wonder? Could you be a one hit wonder who was a plumber? Mm. You fixed one really difficult boiler once, and you lived dined out on that for the rest of your life. You know, and if not, why why can you do that in other fields? What's the you know what makes a field particularly amenable to one hit wonders? Yeah. Um, and, and then I have some interesting data which we'll get onto um, about actually how many one hit wonders there really are. Okay, um, Chris, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, whether you know that's that fundamental question of whether it's good or bad. I mean, well, I I, I suppose we perceive it bizarrely as being as being bad, and that's probably the sort of um, about a boy phenomenon, you know, of of that that idea that you you have one one moment that then you know subsequently can create generations of of sort of idleness and and you know a, a lack of requirements to ever achieve anything again and there's something there's something sort of quite tragic about people who who have had their peak moment and and know the rest of their life and possibly their you know their children's life will will never you know reachieve that sort of um that that level of um of uh, success again um so I, so i think i think that's where the sort of the you know the downside of it comes but obviously you know you look at you look at what a lot of people do aspire to and particularly in the in the kind of tech startup um phenomenon you know that's essentially what people are trying to do they're trying to be you know a one a one hit wonder get rich quick through a successful thing and then not have you know perhaps repeat again but but not not have to so um yeah in terms of whether it's a a, a good thing or a bad thing i mean i i, I would think most people actually when it comes down to it would love to have one concentrated moment of success and not have to repeat that again and be able to sustain themselves off off that yeah i mean i, I think i've got some theories about about why we might have a downer on um being one hit wonders uh i pro prompted really i would say by this question right is it winning the lottery mm. okay no one goes Oh, you won the lottery once back in you know 1985 and you're still living off the proceeds and you've never won the lottery again isn't that sad and yet we sort of do feel that about the person who had a big number one hit in 1985 and is still raking in the uh royalties but hasn't released anything else since now think on that because that's my that's my puzzle for you is why is winning the lottery once fine and we don't have any expectations uh but winning the lottery of, of hit songs is is isn't why is that you know yeah well it's presumably to do with the fact that um that generally people accept that um you know the the lottery is not a skills based exercise uh and so it doesn't reflect winning on the lottery winning the lottery doesn't reflect credit on the people who win it in the first place they don't well done you've won the lottery it's sort of like you lucky bastards you know um mm. whereas 
there is a sense in for for one hit wonders in whatever area you know i mean there are obviously notable you know novelists who've, who've only had one novel and and you know, we can come on to other other areas in a minute but um but it's it's generally thought of as being sort of um in a meritocratic area where somebody has done well and the fact that they can't repeat that success is probably frustrating for them you know that they yeah it's almost like but but even though something that's entirely luck based um in a way given that we're, what we're saying is that luck is okay it's okay to be lucky but it's you you know uh and but but the problem with having a one hit wonder in a field where you don't want to believe it's luck is um is that it then just shows that it is it exposes that it's luck and actually you were just lucky you weren't it's not because you were a great musician it's because you were lucky right. yeah. and i think that the... no i think the inference is that it's um that you were good enough to have a one one hit but not good enough um to you know to sustain yeah, but that ought to make you like way more than people like i mean i yeah. did say you phrase i don't know how many num top 10 hits you've had but it's probably not very many Just two or three yeah. you've 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 haven't even attained that height no, so, yeah, no, so, yeah but anyway look i think we can talk about that let's get let's look at some evidence first yep. how many okay the definition the strict definition of a one-hit wonder, and I'm talking about the UK now, is uh, an artist or band who has a number one hit and then no other chart entries ever. Right? How many do you think there have been in the history of the charts? 1954. Chart in, in, the, in the top 40? Um, no, no, you get a number one hit. Oh, sorry, number one, sorry. So yeah, you get and then number you one, not, but you... Yeah, number you... one, and, but at no other time does that artist or band have anything in the top 40. Right. Wow. In and let's say the charts go back 50 years, for example. 1954, okay. first charts. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I mean, that must be pretty rare, actually, thinking about it. I can only think of sort of novelty type acts like Hale and Pace, perhaps, yeah. who... Uh, who would be in that that's in that there. that is there right okay. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no more than 10 that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah i think i think i'm i think i'm with fraser on well that. there's actually 60 which would be an average of okay. one a year except for, okay. they're much more common in recent years and of course partly that's selection bias because those people may not have had time yet to uh have a second yeah. hit but uh all of them are there all of the ones that you would expect to be there are there right so the ones that you would immediately think of and if we Sorry, brainstorm you, them before you go ahead yeah, yeah yeah sorry let's brainstorm them but i think there's something linked to this one hit wonder thing is something that has sadly died out a bit which is novelty records okay um but anyway something we, we we need to discuss at some yeah, point yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that's all related of to the stigma around one-hit wonders as well that you're not a serious musician. Um, sorry, Nick. I, 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 I think it's plausible that given given half an hour and a whiteboard, I think we could come up with half of these. To be honest, they're all the ones that you would expect. There's um, "Shut uh, Up Your Face," "Shut Up Your Face" by Joe Dolce. Yeah, yeah. 1981. <laughs> that is there. Uh, there's no one like quite like Grandma, of course. Uh, as you said, Hale and Pace are there. The yeah. Teletubbies. Teletubbies say yeah. "Eto." I mean, we've yeah. all got a copy. Of there'll, that, there'll be the chicken song by um, by um, Spitting Image. Spitting Image. Yeah. No. 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 I, I guess they might have another one. Had follow-ups. Yeah. Ah. Like I think I don't know the B side of the chicken song was I've, I've never, never met, met a nice South African, African, which is brilliant in many ways, better than the uh, better than the A side. What about the um, Star Trek song, the Trekkies one? Um, Star Trek. Uh, uh, it may either that maybe didn't get to number one or. Um, 
or they had could have had a follow-up yeah um but in recent years so the the last let's just go back through the the last one here on this list and, and this list might be a couple of years old to be honest but uh someone called bradley cooper with shannon mm. i don't know that i i mean i've got to be honest i've got to go back isn't he an actor bradley cooper i've, I've got to go back yes to yeah. I've got to go back to 2003 before I've even heard of any of these people. And I mean, and, and that's the Kumars singing spirit in the sky. The rest. Oh, really? Did they? Okay. And I, everything I else, I literally, relief. I have not yeah. heard of them. And I don't, um, I don't, I don't even know the songs from nearly all. Yeah. Of them. I mean, so, I think I, so that definition to me sort of moves slightly away from the spirit of what I consider to be a one hit wonder which is, um, you know, somebody who is like far and away known for one song. Yes, they produced other albums and they might have got to, you know, their second song might have got to number seven or something, but you can't really remember it or hum the tune. You're You're definitely right. And and that but it's precise. That's what's good about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, so so yeah, the actual one hit wonders are far more common, and then because a lot of artists obviously have follow up uh, hits that you don't know about, which got to number thirty eight. Yeah, um, and and yeah. I find that far more interesting because that that psychologically that is the one hit wonder, the person who keeps striving and had previously striven to uh, uh, strived to, to to do so, uh, but for whatever reason, things came together at one moment for them. And I think I think mm. it's looking at those factors and how many of them are, are it, 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 you know, how many of them are related to the agency of the individual and how many of them are external factors. I think that's the interesting mm. aspect of it. And, you know, there are a couple of things that, that occur to me and, and you know, that, that might drive this, you know. And one of, one of them is an element of luck right the, the the sort of zeitgeist of the moment right the fact that you happen to be producing a particular type of music or you know music about a particular subject that just happens to catch something so you think of um uh, nina and uh uh nice nine sig nine and uh uh you know that that moment of the cold war you you couldn't produce that song in you know now it wouldn't it wouldn't work so um you know there's, there's, there's also i mean things like things which happen to um not even which are more mysterious uh and more more to do with accidentally hitting on the right uh sound once we're hitting on a thing where there's only space for that for one record which sounds like yeah. that and the example that i always think of is the macarena which is mm. it's a great song right mm. But there's only room for one Macarena. Yeah. And, and and also, I mean, it might be, you know, it's like the, the sort of Jamiroquai effect of like somebody produces songs, but all their songs sound the same effectively. And you only really want one of those. It's not it's not just that, you know, um, it's a similar kind of feature, but it's just that their formula was to produce, you know, that type of music. And once you've had one of them, that's kind of. That's kind of enough of that. Thank well, you. well I, I think this brings us quite nicely, actually, onto uh, books, because mm. I think I think this is a much more we, in, in the world of novels, where there's obviously a lot more work goes into a novel than it goes into a hit song, at least on the part of the individual. Um, what, what would you expect if I talk, if I'm looking at the top 10 best selling books of all time? Um, when, you, when you say what do we expect, what do you mean? It, 
do you think it's more or less prone to one-hit wonders than the world of songs? Yeah, I mean, intuitively, you'd think it's less, but you're going to tell me it's more. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, there are obviously notable examples, like well, recently, sort of um, uh, over, you know, over, over, um, overturned examples, like like the Harper Lee, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird um example where but you know and subsequently she she published you know with a with a 50 odd year hiatus um you know go set a watchman um but that you know that's that's sometimes that's down to the author themselves that they produce a, a book in fact um david mitchell uh he's constantly going on um you know obviously Cloud Atlas is is the book uh, that he is most known for, but he's written a lot of other books, a lot of other very good books. I think but, I've read something else by him. Yeah, you you block the black swing screen. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, black, black swan green. I think. Yeah, so uh, David Mitchell, obviously, you know, renowned for um, Cloud Atlas and uh, having having written a lot of other books, um, but he he obviously feels this very keenly because in in a lot of his other novels there's a there's a recurrent character he's uh, he's appeared in at least two books uh and i could forget the character's name now but he harks on about this book that he once wrote called something like desecrated embryos or something so there's this this character and is a blatant call out to his own experience of um of having written Cloud Atlas and every all of the books that this author, who's a bit of a sort of rake, um, produces subsequently, are never as well received, and everybody always goes on about this particular book, and he's really <laughs> bitter about it. So, um, so it's it, yeah, it, it's um, my my sense is that it would probably be um, uh, it, it, it's yeah, it's probably less uh, the case in um, in in literature. Because um, you get sort of everybody goes, oh, I really liked, e.g., the Kite Runner. I'll I'll buy uh, you know the author's next book, which turns out to to be terrible. But you buy the second the second book. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that should that ought to happen with music as well, right? But I mean, the I, I think and it's hard here because because actually I, I have never found I haven't found a list an equivalent list. I suspect there'll be a lot more one hit wonders, but they're not none of them are the really big sellers um so it, it tragically right the top 10 best-selling books of all time uh are written by only three people now there will be no prizes so this is just in the uk sorry no no no, no, no. you're not thinking mass market enough but what are they who is that i tell you one person is going to be jk rowling must have jk rowling we're talking specifically fiction is that right seven of the top 10 best-selling books in i mean America. that is unbelievable and dan brown has written two of them right and the other the other one and this really is an indictment is 50 shades of gray by el james so <laughs> the and, and and in fact it's the same goes for music if you look at the top 50 best-selling hit singles of all time Actually, none of them are one-hit wonders, and most of them are pretty well known. So, I and I said, I mean, as Chris said, there's this there's this sort of issue here of of, of there being a sort of self-fulfilling element, but it also challenges the idea of what the work is. So, if you take something like Harry Potter, um, mm. the work, the thing that is the hit, um, is not the book Harry Potter and the uh, Philosopher's Stone. Mm. The work is the world of Harry Potter. That's yeah. the invention, which is the big hit. Um, yeah. 
no one would expect J.K. Rowling. It's, it could be inconceivable that she could come up with as big a hit again ever. Um, so, but but I mean, yeah, it's it's challenging to come up with uh, a concrete sort of definition. I think of a one-hit wonder in the literary world, but um, I, I think it's it's fair to say that actually one-hit wonders are pretty rare. Um, you know, most bands, most songs that are well known, most of the best-selling versions of of anything, the best-selling things are generally by people who uh, have uh, are known for more than one of those things. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, we're actually we've, we've already come quite a long way. We're close to be needing to wrap up. Um, inventions, but, but not that close. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Nick? Inventions. Well, so this I'm, trying, is I'm trying to work out where is where are the one hit wonders, right? So yeah, exactly. And this is what I want to ask. So we've talked about music, we talked about um, uh, literature. Where else? Where else? Yeah. Where else well, can, you, can we establish this? Well, I think I, I mean I was just going to say I, I was surprised by what Nick was saying that 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 one hit wonders are are rare because you would you would think you know the phenomenon of of regression to the mean that they would be less less rare you know that if you've achieved something very you know very high your next achievements are more likely to be mediocre but but maybe that's the point that you know um that you don't suddenly go from being at you know the very extreme upper end of success to being right down back to the middle again you 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 know you sort of regress to the mean uh more gradually than that so so you you know so I, I think, and I think this is a key part of, of a sort of a coherent theory of one-hit wonders. I would say there's a necessary characteristic of the of the field, and it's that success is long-tailed. You cannot have a one-hit wonder in a in a in a normally distributed success sort of field, right? So people who are kind of, if you take something like, um, uh, yeah, plumbers, plumbers are good and bad, but they aren't like plumbers who are stratospherically better than other. Plumbers. Um, you, you you can't get a one-hit wonder, winner-takes-all kind of, uh, you know, plumber. Um, whereas um, in the world of, um, you look at novel sales, uh, you know, you basically, publishing how publishing works is, you know, 95% of books make a loss and then 5% are hits. And that's, and it's, and I would assume mm. it's a similar pattern with music. So you cannot, you're not going to get one hit wonders unless you're in a world, same with business, right? So startups, you know, most of them just make some money and that's it um, and go under. Uh, and, and others are, uh, you know, become Facebook and Twitter. And, and I, and I sort of think, so you've got to have that. But the problem, the, the other issue is like, um, so the, the fact that actually it can be self-fulfilling. So it's how sustainable, um, and how how much of a sort of monopoly you can get, you know, by by having that big success? How much does that success help help feed your next, you know, your next success? Mm. And I think of something like um, Elon Musk. You know, obviously made lots of money uh, with through um, PayPal. I think it was, wasn't it? And uh, but then is able to then he's able to start a space program, and mm. you know, most people can't do that. If Elon Musk had tried to start with the space program. He wouldn't have made the money or with Tesla, you know, he wouldn't have made the money. He wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. And I think it's the same with, you know, Harry. I mean, it was JK Rowling's second book was a lot of, it was a much easier sell than her first book because the first yeah. one had been a hit. It was yeah. nowhere near as much work for her to get that published than it was to get the first one published. So yeah, I think as, um, you know, as Chris said, there, there, there is, you, you, that's going to be the trajectory, isn't it? You're going to have, uh, you know, yeah. most fields. Once you've achieved that height, uh, it isn't just an immediate plummet off the cliff. Yeah. It, it is, if there's a decline, it's going to happen. 
gradually because you it's much easier for you to keep producing stuff once you've had a hit yeah i mean i think i'm i'm quite interested in in the field of sports where you you sometimes get it's not quite a one hit wonder because it's rare that somebody really comes from from nowhere but you get a sort of um either a period of uh un uh, um unprecedented success for a player or a team or you get a one-off event where where they um you know play particularly brilliantly or something the, the player who comes to mind is um uh toto scalacci from the um the the 1990 world cup italia 90 and you know winning the golden boot and and being you know um ha- having this sort of three four week period of of great success and then never quite recreating it, even though he was playing for, for Juventus, you know, and that's why he didn't get picked for Italy out of nowhere. He, he, he had this very short lived period of, of sort of playing at the, at the highest level. Um, you know, and I, th- I think that's, that's quite interesting because that gets, you know, there's, there's clearly an individual psychological element about sport, which is probably replicated in, in those other, other fields, but where, you know, um, success creates pressure on on the performer to to have to continue to you know perform at that level, and that might un, undo them. Um, you know, there are, there are other things like uh, ridicule, which I think you know, like um, you think of Billy Ray Cyrus and uh, Achy Breaky Heart. You know, it was going to be difficult for him to have a a a credible uh, career, despite the fact he came back with um, with Old Town Road recently. But um, but uh, so there are obviously these individual elements that affect, you know, individual performers that I think also um, describe why we have one hit wonders, that they kind of fall apart under the pressure in some way, or there's something about the success itself, which, uh, which you know, makes it difficult for them to, to sustain it. Yeah. Um, look, we need to finish off. There's a question I want to ask. Um, but before we do, just, just one thing, it strikes me that even if we think about music, and I think maybe this is what you were talking about, Nick, I don't know, but even people who we don't think of one-hit wonders and really established, well-known groups of musicians are often, in a way, one-hit wonders. It's just that the, their, their line, you know, the peak and then the, the, the long-tail drop-off just happens at a higher level as it were so you know and the classic you know the difficulty of the third album is is that kind is that's kind of what we're talking about so there's sort of a lot of one hit wonders out there in, in a way i think um i don't know there is a question you want me i want to ask are you ready for me to ask that yeah really predictable question okay um but it can be in any field you want whether it's music or elsewhere um favorite one hit wonder yeah i tell you what um I discovered a guy who, when I was I was looking a little bit at um, business one hit wonders. Uh, again, very tricky to define actually because you know it's hard to say how much is you know someone's ability, and most people then go on to use their money to do something else. Um, so on one hand, you've got people like Howard Hughes, who not that not that Howard Hughes, it was actually his dad, Howard Hughes Senior, who invented the two cone drill bit. You know the two cone drill bit. You probably got one at home. No, it was big uh, in the oil game. Came along at the right time. Very good, apparently, at smashing through rock and getting to oil. Uh, I, I became a multi-billionaire, you know, off, off the back of this two-cone two drill bit. Invented other things, but they were mainly drill bits. Um, so he's, I would class him as a sort of one-hit wonder, really, technology one-hit wonder. But the, uh, one guy, a guy called Lonnie Johnson, who I didn't know anything about, but practically... Isn't he's a, a skiffle guy? No, that's what? Lonnie Donegan. 
Oh, sorry. Well, who isn't a one-hit wonder? Because he had no. other hits. Excellent musician. Yeah. My old man's a dustman. Um, yeah, well, uh, but also I was thinking the Rock Island Line. Rock Island Line, thinking, yeah, um, yeah. I was putting, putting on the spot. Road. It's yeah. the road to ride, apparently. Anyway, so yeah. uh, Lonnie Johnson invented loads of things, things about sort of film film batteries, thermoelectrical converter systems, you name it. Left, right and centre, he's invented loads of stuff, had his own in basically like modern day Edison inventing place, which he owned. But he's, his big hit, his big hit was the Super Soaker. He'd got a patent on a new kind of. You remember when we were when we were in the in the eighties in the seventies eighties, you know, water pistols were crap, weren't they? Rubbish. Mm. Mm. And he invented the super soaker through this new mechanism for a uh, for, for squirting squirting water out of a squirt gun. Yeah. So I I that's the kind of career I can have a lot of respect for. You know, somebody who's got they've, they've done they've got their chops inventing uh, thermoelectrical converter systems. And then they hit it big with the super with the super square. So it's, a bit, it's a bit like you know, it's a bit like those. It is a bit like bands like Chumbawamba, you know, who who are sort of known as esoteric kind of um, experimental musicians, and then have their massive hit. Yeah. yeah, like like Marilla. You'll find that a lot of in a lot of the with these one hit wonders that the fans of that band really hate them. Like um, mm. like Kaylee mm. by Marillion. You know, you've got all these sort of heavy metal fans who really like Marillion but hate Kaylee. Um, mm. And uh, yeah. Um, Chris? Yeah, I think it'd probably, for me, it'd be kind of historical figures. So so where they're not necessarily one-hit wonders themselves, but within their kind of culture at the time, they were one-hit wonders. So you think of somebody like Alexander the Great, uh, you know, and the fact that he created, you know, one of the biggest land empires there's, there's ever been. Uh, but as soon as it was turned to, to time to kind of hand, hand it over it all all fell apart you know charlemagne is is similar you know the 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 carolingian empire never achieved the heights that he that he brought it to so yeah i think i've i've got a place for for individuals who came along within a dynasty or uh within a system and you know were were clearly amazing um yeah. throughout their entire life uh yeah. but their their predecessors or or their uh, ancestors could never quite uh, um uh, successors could never quite recreate that, that yeah, success. Yeah. Um, in a rather more pedestrian fashion, I'm going to bring it back to, to music and one-hit wonders. I have to say, I do love um, my, my, the first record I ever bought, and I was probably seven or eight years old, was uh, Joe Dolce, as we said, uh, Shut Up Your Face. And um, I think I played it until I nearly wore it out. Um, but actually, in a similar vein, I do have, and I still do, um, a love for novelty records and i still play them these days on 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 alexa more than i should so for example uh, as we were talking about right said fred bernie cribbins right said i think it's a phenomenal song i absolutely love it um because bernie cribbins had other hits like uh, yeah it's um, about uh, holding the wall digging, or holding the garden in the ground i'm digging yeah. it I don't want it there and digging it here that one yeah um, yeah. yeah and also someone who's so famous for all sorts of like, like benny hill and um, Ernie, the fastest moment. I, I think that's just a, a, a fantastic song. It's got Nominal great song. lines in it. And when she saw the size of his hot meat pies, it very near turned her head. Yeah. And also um, pasteurized. I'll, I'll put <laughs> pasteurized milk in it. I'll be happy if it comes up to me chest. Right. Okay. <laughs> on, that, on that note, um, let's stop there. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGriff. We've been here with Nick Hare and uh, Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Cue yakety sacks. Okay. <laughs>